You're listening to the Brown Trout and Bridge Beers Podcast. You want to kick off podcasts? Some people cough or sneeze, um, or dogs maybe in the background. No, that's why I'm here. <laughs> here for the sneezing and the coughing. Here for the lack of dogs. Ah, oh, yes, lack of dogs. Well, hey, um, don't be surprised if there's a couple holes poked in the box when this Opro's gift package shows up in your doorstep. <laughs> there may or may not be a little gray furry terrier uh, <laughs> box waiting for Partially you. Partially alive. But I, 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 I think he could make it through the U.S. Postal Service. Although just based on sure, the, just make sure you have a return label because then you might get back two new golden retrievers. Perfect. That'd be great. Well, speaking of dogs, my dog has been really good up until like this last weekend with eating stuff, and he ate like that one of my bucktails and it was one of those like perfect orange red oh, no. you know like not orange not red yeah and yeah it's junk yikes yeah those that was that was a favorite favoritest one one of the yeah, is that get, like a heating what is behind you that silver thing oh it's my basement it's unfinished oh. so it's like the insulation board we're working on getting it finished Next time we do this, I should have my own basement. We actually, uh, we're jumping all over the place, but I just bought a house in Bloomington. Nice. We're moving in like two weeks and we'll have a new unfinished basement that I can call in from next time. Yeah. In front of the dungeon. That's why I tell everybody that, you know, it's my aluminum foil room. Most people, when I'm at, and like work calls and stuff they're like you in the office i'm like no it's my basement because like the false ceiling it just it screams an office off. building all right well uh should we do this we do we have we're we're slowly geared up to another episode of brown trout and bridge beers podcast uh thank you y'all for tuning in again and uh we have a uh, returning guest with us this evening. Um, I'll let him introduce himself because he's probably better at it than I am. <laughs> hey, what's up? This is Zach Pope, uh, founder of Trout Routes. Happy to be back. Um, looking forward to you talking about all kinds of things and uh, let's get started. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll put a link to our first interview. That was what, a year and a half ago? Was it that far back? We had I him? think it was just the start of COVID, COVID. because yeah. I, I think feel you like were our first Zoom. Yeah, like I was just figuring out the whole Zoom process, I think, yeah. when we sat down with you. Crazy. And a, and a lot has changed in that time for, for trout routes. Yeah. For the good, though. Yeah. For everyone, really. But yes, uh, definitely for us. We can get into that. But yeah, a lot has changed. I guess that was last May, which would have been yeah. Yeah, a year and a half. And... uh at that time, you had what a handful of states, and now you've got most of the country. Does he a good chunk of the country? Over twenty now, right? 
trotable yeah, water? Back last May, we had just finished a launch that included Colorado, which was yeah. really, really hard and kind of a long, um, you know, learning experience. And then, you know, fast forward to now, yeah, we have essentially half the country, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, it's a year and a half of uh, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff happened and, um, we're really excited for all the stuff that we've learned, but I think we're probably most excited for what we're going to be doing the next, you know, 12 months or so. So, um, yeah, excited to talk about it and excited to be on here and thanks for having me. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, I just, I mean, I look at your app now and it's like, wow, where do I want to go next? When you've got the iPhone now, I do have the iPhone. So I feel like Matt, I'm one of the cool kids. Yeah. I, I do. And I think I bugged you. Like I just got the iPhone and I don't know. I, I went to switch over my trout routes app from my Android to the iPhone and I couldn't get it to work. And so I emailed your helpline and I didn't know if the email went. So I hit it probably like a hundred times. And then you got back to me like, dude, once is enough. <laughs> I, I switched so, you over. <laughs> like you and everyone else emails the helpline like five <laughs> times at once. And then I always respond within like two minutes. Yeah. Cause like I'm the, you know, I am the support person. So, uh, you know, so it's pretty funny to see those. And then, yeah, we, we definitely help people pretty quickly after that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mean to push it that many times. It just like, didn't say, Hey, your message was sent, but I, I think you had emailed me like, yeah, I got your thing. I'll switch you over. I got a new kid. on my sitting on my lap. Um, I'm kind of busy right now. Leave me alone. <laughs> Go away. I, we're going to need like a little bell or a dinger, I think for this conversation. So ding number one for endorse endorsement. Number one for trout routes. If you have issues, who knows the founder of the company could be reaching back out to you with the answers that yeah. you need and, um, and just, or even just send, questions and just hit send once. Just go get it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even if you send five times, I think one of the coolest parts about this really cool company called trial routes is every time that you email support, you always hear back from the founder within like 10 minutes. That's amazing. Yeah. Midnight awesome. could be 1 PM could be, you know, whatever time. And it's actually pretty sad, but it's pretty cool. Too. <laughs> and it could be midnight because he's just not, able to get any sleep at his house. Yeah, so he's crying in the background and I'd rather respond to an email probably. Two retrievers uh <laughs> keeping you up barking at invisible things outside. <sighs> yeah. Um but yeah no I was bringing up the app thing because I think last time we chatted um Matt and I were realizing that at that time Android users were kind of like the redheaded stepchild. They didn't get all the fun stuff right away. Yeah. Um, I got all the fun stuff. Now. No, Mac, it's all the fun stuff right away. Yeah. I don't think that's still the case, but it definitely was early on. We definitely, uh, I definitely pushed them off as long as I could. Um, but yeah, fast forward to today, we, we definitely have everything pretty much all upgraded at the same time, which is really fun. That's awesome. And we also added a, um, I can't remember if we had this the last time we talked, but we added a desktop version of trial routes, which is like, imagine if you're at work, you know, or, you know, you're, you want a big screen and you want to make notes and you want to make, you know, pictures and stuff. Um, having a really nice desktop version of whatever software you're using, whether it's Google maps or, or trial routes is really cool. So we added that, I think last year, um, and now that's kind of matured quite a bit. And yeah, now Android, iOS, and desktop all have, you know, really pretty solid software. And um, now we're up to 23 states, which is half, half the country. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's 
it's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of cool to think about where we're going to be in a year or year and a half or whatever. And we're really excited. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a desktop version now. It's I super really... cool. It's actually, um, it's actually got a feature that mobile does not have, which is called 3d maps. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, if you go to like Montana where we now cover, like, and you go to like Bozeman, for example, or wherever, um, and you can kind of zoom in and kind of change the, like the pan and like the tilt of the camera, you can kind of see all the 3d maps of the mountains and kind of navigate that way. And it's a, it's a really cool mm-hmm. experience. It can wow. really be helpful in like, you know, uh, intense prep of like a trip or like a, you know, exploration thing. It's pretty cool. That is, that is good. I find myself see that that's what I do. I find myself at work when I should be working. And if there's a desktop version of a mapping tool, I will stare at that for weeks before I go anywhere. And uh, while we're chatting and then took about 30 seconds, I signed up for my free seven day trial, whichever we should do by going to um, the trout routes website, which will have a link in the bio. And I am staring at a desktop version, which seems pretty, it's fantastic. Pick a region, go to the region and it takes you right to the spot you want to go to. So of course I picked Montana, but yeah, Zach, this is, uh, this is what every trout fisherman in America has been wanting especially like a desktop to be able Mm -hmm. to take their mind off work even more. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's been a lot of, I mean, we probably started, you know, like we said last time we started in 2018, I think it was. And, and, uh, our first like public appearance, we'll call it was at the, uh, the Midwest, uh, fly fishing expo, you know, right here in St. Paul. And, uh, I think that was in 2019. So it's been about two and a half years since we've been out there and, it's been, I think the biggest, like the coolest thing honestly has been mostly local anglers being early adopters, like in the twin cities, um, that have just been kind of like, Hey, this is really cool. Here's some feedback. We want to support you guys. And, um, that's really helped us keep going. So that's been really cool. And it's really helped us kind of expand to these new States, these new regions. And, um, we'll kind of see if we can kind of replicate that in these other areas, like the Southeast and like, soon we'll do the West coast and that'll be a whole different, you know, bag of worms or whatever. Um, but so far it's been, it's been really fun, really awesome. It's obviously a, you know, a blessing to be able to do what you love, you know, for, mm-hmm. for a job. And I've been full time on this now for two years now. So, uh, it's been really fun. Awesome. What's, uh, go ahead. Matt. One second. Let's, let's back up for those who like live under a rock and don't know what <laughs> trout routes is. Um, give us like the, the elevator pitch, you know, like, like what is trout routes? Yeah. Trout routes is a mapping platform that helps you explore trout streams. Just like think Google maps for trout streams. Like it's like your go-to source. It's on your smartphone. It's on the website and it helps you find new trout streams. Most importantly, it helps you navigate trout streams like legal access. So you know, a lot of cases in a lot of parts of the state, uh, the, the, the United States legal access is a really complicated issue. And so finding public access to trout streams is a really time consuming thing that we make very simple. So that's our whole kind of mission is to make accessible information to trout streams more, uh, easily consumable. So that's what trout routes is. And that's kind of our, our goal. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, we, we, so far we have half the country covered and soon we'll be adding the rest and that's kind of what we do. Awesome. Yeah. I know. I know when I use the map, 
you know, I, I usually find like where I want to go and, and it's nice for finding new water. Um, but also like finding access to places you have fished before, but maybe a stretch of that river that you haven't. And what I find, you know, neat is you've got, so you, you, you find the part of the country or the state you're in that you want to fish and it's got all the little blue lines. And, you know, these are, um, all the rivers that are trout streams. And then, you know, it shows you the public access, the easements that you can get. And you guys have parking spots, like where you can park, which, which I find, you know, helpful. Cause a lot of times you go to a new river and you're like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't know where to park to where I'm not going to like get my tires lashed, you know? And, uh, your app really helps with that. And then now you've got fly shops. So if you are in the Southeast or, um, you know, in a, in a place you've never been before, uh, and you need to get some leaders or flies or something, you just click on the app and it gives you directions on how to get there. Yeah. I, I would say like, you know, the, the local fly shops and even like kind of guides has been, you know, kind of a focus of ours. Cause we, we feel like, you know, the, the fly shops are going to be resources no matter what you have. If you have like a little Atlas map in your car or if you have trot routes or if you Google maps or whatever, you will always want to go to a fly shop and you should because they have information that you can't get from an app. And that's coming from a company that makes apps like, mm -hmm. you know, I was in um, North Carolina last like two months ago. And I still needed information like from from like the local experts on like, you know, what's hatching, kind of what do they recommend? Um, and so our goal is to make it really easy for you to get on the water and find like really good water that's publicly accessible, but there's other things like how do you fish and, and what do you fish and how do you, you know, what flies you use that you will always need to go to a flash shop or a guide. And so you'll see that, you know, so far we have put a lot of time into supporting flash shops, but going forward, you'll see even more of us like supporting guides and, and all kinds of stuff. So um, I just kind of like emphasize that it's really important to always continue to keep going to fly shops and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Sorry. I got down a rabbit hole. I was looking at Flint Creek <clears throat> over <laughs> by Phillipsburg. I was like, Oh, look at all that area. So if you want to take Flint Creek off of the map, that would be great. <clears throat> just yeah, write right. that one down. You want to remove that one. <clears throat> from the map right i can i can give you a little note to put by one certain bend that says um there are a million mosquitoes here five five million will eat your life <laughs> that uh that's yeah um so grant I, turn off the computer what computer sorry You're, man we're trying to talk to zach i got i got the map thing up and i got really <laughs> i got deep into the map um, I mean, our goal is to make it sticky, so it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, it's you've got, you've got me. Um, so, so as you've been, so we're at twenty three states. What's been the most difficult state to work with so far? Colorado. Okay. Uh, still. Yeah, <laughs> I think I said that same thing last year, and we've yeah. had probably eighteen states, and I still say Colorado. Like. It, it's a conglomerate of issues. Like, honestly, you know, the, um, the data itself is incredibly complicated. Uh, the market there is incredibly, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Like, I'll just say adversarial, like, you know, like 
it's really complicated data to get like good output from. And then also the receiving market is very anti like information in general. So like it's pretty yeah. much a lose lose market to be honest is kind of how I feel about it. And, um, you know, we spent, I mean, I personally spent probably two to three months just like reviewing literally parcel to parcel to parcel of information of, uh, public access for every stream in Colorado, like studying who owns this. Is it public? Is it not? Okay. What does that mean? Um, and it, it was just a really hard state. Um, and there's really high stakes there because, you know, in the Midwest, you have a ton of trout streams and they're all pretty good in Colorado and Montana. You have only a couple that are incredible. And so like the focus is really on a couple of streams. And so the public land parcels have so much more focus on them. So the mm-hmm. stakes are way higher. And so, it's a re- that was a really an intense state. And, you know, we still deal with, you know, how to make that state the best experience. Um, and it's still the case. Fair enough. Yeah. Nobody wants to give up their honey hole. Yeah. And I, I mean, Matt, you and I have talked about Utah is the same way. I'm, I, I know yeah. that when we get there, which we will soon. It's going to be the same issue, but. Yeah. So nice. I, I know we've, I know we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast too, but I'm going to bring it up again spot burning has it has it is it still a hot topic with people let's just say the demographic who might still be wearing jeans and hip waders um out on the trout streams or are people realizing that there's not really any secret spots anymore i think it's still you know i think it's actually a broader issue than we've talked about in the past last time we talked about it it was a particular demographic that didn't like the idea of um, another demographic doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Fast forward to today, I think like obviously the pandemic accelerated the growth of our sport between 10 and 20% or whatever it is. And uh, we've all seen that. We've all felt it. And I think if you add in the other issues, whether it's, you know, lower flows or higher temps in water or whatever, and then you add in the other issues of people that, post or publicize spots or good places to fish on broad social platforms like Facebook. Um, I think it's gotten a lot hotter in, in your own terms, uh, Grant, you know, I think it's gotten a lot harder to, to kind of navigate. And I think, you know, our company trial routes has kind of been thrown into it because we are a, a company that wants to make accessible information more accessible. We want to make people have access to information that's public and um, with that comes the assumption that we're trying to help people find those those spots that are hard to find. And reality, you know, it, it, we're just not in the same boat as hot spotting. And so, um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely not gone away, and it's gotten a lot hotter. I think. What uh, what steps is, if any, is Trout taking? Are you are you guys even reacting to the accusations? Is there any? promoting of no that's not really what's going on here or you know how how are you as a company handling that i would say there's two key steps that we've done one is uh last year uh we and i'll say i made the mistake of thinking that it'd be kind of a cool feature if someone wanted to create a personal marker and make that public to all other users they could do that and then we quickly realized like that's literally like hotspotting. <laughs> so then we, we uh, very quickly removed that feature. So 
my point there is, you know, we're not going to be perfect every time, but I can guarantee you that we do have like the right mindset and we will try to correct it when we, when we feel like we need to. And in that case we did, you've never, you will never see another feature related to social media or sharing or whatever. Um, but secondly, you know, I think there's a really big opportunity in like trial as a company playing a bigger role in like conservation and education within the app. So if you think about like, in the last, you know, two, three years, we've seen whatever, 10, 20% new anglers. These are people that are brand new into the industry, don't know anything about stream etiquette, don't know anything about temperatures of water or whatever. Um, and I think, you know, I, I think it's unfair for us to expect them to know as much as we know. And I think trial routes actually has a unique opportunity to integrate that education into their app, into our app. And so I think there's things that we could probably do uh, that we will try to do in the next year of like trying to coach newcomers into our industry and align them with conservation as they get into it, rather than just having them just jump into it. And then us as, you know, uh, people that know more than they do, you know, kind of bombarding them with, with uh, what they should be doing. So, um, so those are the two steps. I think there's, there's a lot for us to do and uh, there's some things that we have done. Put in a lens on, the Midwest specifically, what are some of the key conservation points that you'd like to be able to coach these newer anglers on, or even, you know, old dogs that think they know what's going on? I would say, you know, there's probably two main issues. The number one though is, is, um, private land relations. So I think that in Wisconsin and Minnesota, more so than in the other 21 States that we've been researching, is that the concept of easements is more prevalent here in Wisconsin, Minnesota than there is in any other state. And I think that's a really delicate issue. These are private landowners that are like essentially, you know, leasing part of their land on the stream for angler use. And as soon as I think that anglers misuse that property or misuse that, that privilege, I think that that can kind of go very quickly. And so mm -hmm. I think that the idea of educating anglers as they come into our industry on how best to use that property, how to respect the private land, I think is really, really important. And so um, that's how I see it affecting Wisconsin. Um, can't remember my second point. <laughs> <laughs> I had a really good second point though. First was well, first was pretty solid. I'll, yeah. I'll back up to, you know, how you said about education and, um, it, like like stream flows and temperatures and stuff like that. You guys have on your app links to the USGS um, gauge sites. So, I mean, if you can, if you know about where you're going and you've got one of these, looks like a little thermometer with a river running through it on the app. But, you know, if you know the general area, you can click on one of these um, gauge sites and it'll tell you the flow. And some have temperature, not all of them do, but some of them do. Um, and you can get a pretty good idea of like, you know, Ooh, these, if you're, do have that stream etiquette and think about the trout, you can be like, you know, Ooh, these, these, this river here is a little low, probably all of them in this area are, maybe I'm going to look for, you know, somewhere else that, you know, has a little better water temps and, you know, a little more flow and a little more trout friendly water at certain times of the year. You know, like you said, we're getting warmer and, you know. Last year, we, this year, we've been real dry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just having that vision, like you can go to the USGS site and click on rivers in Minnesota. And if, unless you're looking at a map, I mean, you don't know where this gauge site is, but you look at your app and you can see exactly where it is. 
you know, and so, you know, that area is, you know, probably, probably this, all the streams in that area are going to be low and warm, you know, or high and muddy and you just save you, save you from driving all over the place. Cause I know I don't have all kinds of time anymore to just go drive around all day and not fish. I'd like to make the best use of my time and get to where I'm going and know that it's going to be good, good water to fish. And I think, I think this app and those, especially that gauge sites really helped with that. I think like, you know, the gauge sites can be helpful, but most of them have to do with flows and heights. And I think that temperature is actually a much more like conservation sensitive issue where in a lot of States, especially Montana, like this last, you know, summer, the temperatures were way higher, the flows were way lower. And I don't think that a USGS gauge, whether it's in our app or in the website can really help even an experienced angler understand the importance that if the temperatures are above whatever it is, 65, 68, you just shouldn't fish and you know, whatever it is. And I think that I would like to see our company play a bigger role in advocating for proper fishing etiquette when those conditions exist. And I don't think you can detect that automatically from a USGS site. And so I think what I want to see from our company is, uh, more features, whatever it is, you know, more active engagement in trying to um, teach even, you know, beginners, but also like experienced anglers, like, Hey, you know, the Madison's closed because of who all, you know, regulations, but also because the temperatures are 71 degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, it's a complicated technical solution, but I also think that it could be done. And so I'm excited to see, not only what we can do with it, but also like how much compliance we can get from it, which is a whole different issue. Yeah. How effective is that feature? But um, yeah, we're excited. It's going to be a hard thing to do, but, but just to close that thought, you know, Matt, I, th- I think that there's more to it than just reading the USGS gauge readings, which is mostly height and flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did, we actually did a lot of work before we started doing maps as a company to do low cost sensors and streams. And it's like, just cause you have a sensor and, you know, hundred yards up doesn't mean it's the same as, you know, probably mm-hmm. hundred yards down. And so like temperature is a huge, uh, very variable item issue. Yeah. And I, I wish some of the more, you know, I have seen sites that have temp, you know, temperatures on them. Um, a lot of a lot of the western ones have have temperatures. I don't believe too many of them out here do, but um, I, I don't think it would be that hard of a a thing for them to add. And that's it's something I would really like to to see. The you know, sad on, part on, is that temperature is actually way easier to measure than it is turbidity. Turbidity is like, or you know, flow is a really yeah. two different things, but they're it's a very hard thing to measure uh, compared to temperature. Temperature is pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, listen, government officials. Yeah, we want we want to all, the, to all of them listening up. Yeah, that'd be great. We want we want thermometers on all the of our. Whole Fed is probably on this podcast. <laughs> I want temps. I want I want temps for all. But to pry back open a little bit, you know, talking about hoot all restrictions, and you know, you're as far as like from a technical solution, I think it would probably be pretty difficult to get some sort of automated messaging out of these different agencies on, on that type of information. I, I think that's, that would be difficult. And the actual hands-on management piece would be just a nightmare uh, for each of these different areas. But like, think about if you could use trout routes, you click, click on a, a river, or if your proximity is near the river, 
here's your notification of, hey, here's the hoodal restrictions mm-hmm. for this area that you're fishing in. Because um, I can guarantee there's a large portion of people that were out west this summer that went fishing and didn't even know that they weren't supposed to be in a river. 100%. Oh, yeah. I think that yeah. you can drive yeah. up. Sorry to jump into it with such excitement, but no, I think right. if you were like NWP, Montana, whatever, wildlife, if your goal was to, and it should be, to drive up compliance with something like a irregular regulation like Hoodowl, I think you could do way better if you can leverage someone like Trout Routes to integrate some sort of a real-time, you know, interactive um, alert. And that's, I don't think it would be that hard, to be honest. You know, like the yeah. Hoodowls are not that complex. They're like... Oh hey, you know, here's the top 10 streams between X, Y, and Z, and you can't fish between 2 p.m. and 10 p.m. or whatever. I don't think that that's that. Our, our ambition, honestly, by the end of next year is to have all that fully supported by, you know, the end of next year. So mm-hmm. that'd be uh, great. Make your river, all the Hoodaw ones blink red or something, yeah. you know. Can't commit to that feature, but it'll be <laughs> an eye icon or something, you know, it'll be something simple. Yeah. Now we're getting to like project management and feature requirements. And then I have to work on that. (laughs) I I still liked my, my one decent thought on a feature for trout routes is your uh, fishing license wallet on the app. Just to take photos of all of your licenses across the different States and store them all in one spot and be like, here you go, Mr. Warden. Here's, here's my license for this state, you know? Instead of having to go back to like six months ago on this photo that you took out of your Gmail account of your license, it's like just this little wallet of licenses because yeah, majority of them, except there's a couple weird rules, you can have a digital copy of your, of your license. Yeah. Generally speaking. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that's noted. Noted. Yep. Uh, every now and then I have terrible ideas and he's gonna he's gonna put a, a pink post-it note behind him on his to-do list. I'll add, I'll add it on the pink. <laughs> gotta gotta have all the colors. Um well speaking of um features, so we talked about the desktop. Awesome. What's new in the last let's just call it six months? Uh you know, four trout routes, uh, that people probably haven't, uh, well, actually, if you're listening to this, I really hope you know about them. If you don't, let's go find out about them. But what should uh, people be looking for? Yeah. In the last, I don't know, six to 12 months, we have, I would say I would split it between half and half. Half of our work has been adding new States, which probably isn't you know relevant to a Minnesota angler where we started, but half of it is, and, you know, half of that work that we've been doing is enhancing our public lands layer, which is what most of our anglers use is like, hey, you know, what what parcel or what land is publicly uh, accessible for a trout stream? And if so, you know, what's the name of it or what kind of public land is it? Um, and so we have really enhanced that in the last couple of weeks, which is pretty cool. Um I think going forward, I would say that we're going to be working really hard on actually integrating what we call like regulations and stocking. And that might not seem like that important to like Minnesota and Wisconsin, like where, you know, I, I kind of start off with my career is um, in the Midwest. It's not that big of a deal, but when you go, especially out East, it's a huge deal. So regulations like from delayed harvest to 
um, like a wild uh, classification type stream to um, all kinds of different classes are really, really important, but also when and how you stock streams is actually like a huge driver for the participation in the different geographies like Georgia or North Carolina. And so as we've added those regions, it's actually become a really important uh, feature that we're actually missing. So even like Michigan, they have a very, very specific and very uh, intentional class system. That's not like Wisconsin. It's like um, gear limitations and all kinds of stuff that we don't have. And so when anglers go to trout routes for information on trout streams and they expect something that the government gives them and we don't have that, that's a huge missing feature. And so I think that's a huge part of our focus the next, I don't know, call it two months. Um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit of what we've been doing and kind of what we're, what we're going to be doing going forward. Awesome. You guys are always like brainstorming. You must oh, never yeah. think of like every time we talk to you, you've got 20 different new ideas that you're going to. It's exhausting. 20 that you've already done. Well, if I'm you guys tired. have any ideas or have any, uh, you know, want to brainstorm, we're here. Yeah. If you guys have like the next million dollar trout routes idea. Send it to Zach and uh, who knows? Zach's, maybe if Zach's it's Shark Tank. Yeah, it's Zach Shark Tank. If it goes live, maybe we'll sponsor you a Tallboy Hams if you're of age. 3BT will be a sponsor. Yes. <laughs> we still need a 3BT bridge back somehow. We like make like a, a fly shop. We just get a logo on a bridge somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's a, well, I've always been curious. I wanted to ask you this. So, Okay, I'm a guy that has I've got Onyx. I've got the paid subscription to Onyx and I'm I'm paying for that. Why do I need trout routes? Uh good question. We've actually seen a fair amount of our pro users come from Onyx. So a lot of people see us as like the Onyx equivalent to like trout stream fishing. So Onyx is like super, super good at like um parcel ownership like you can click on a parcel anywhere in the country if you pay for it and you can get like the owner name and all that kind of cool stuff mm-hmm. and that's great but what they don't have is all the things that are particular to trout stream fishing that's useful to us things like where to camp where to park where do you put in a boat where to you know where the fly shops all that kind of stuff and i think within the niche we'll call it a niche of fly fishing or trout stream fishing um, we are really, really honed in on all those use cases that Onyx really doesn't have. Um, and so they're good at, you know, what they do in hunting. But I think if you are really looking for someone to own the fly fishing space and all the things that come with it and all the use cases that come with it, um, we're really pretty good at that. I'll give you one, one specific example. Um, think about stream flows, like Onyx does not have stream flows, right? Um, two would be fly shops. Um, three would be fishing easements. Um, go to Picnic County in Colorado, where there's like, I would say, three miles of incredibly valuable fishing public access easements in the Roaring Fork River of Colorado. That's not even present in Onyx. Not to pick fights with Onyx or anything, but <laughs> right. No, uh, I, I get it. Like mapped out the exact like polygons of the Picnic County. So. Um, I think that our focus on the trout stream use case is something that you just won't get anywhere else because that's just our mission statement. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're two different tools. Exactly. I mean, you know, you, you'd use one for one and one for the other. And if you're a trout fisherman, you should have trout routes. I mean, that's 
And and I agree a thousand percent. I just I've I just know that that is going through possibly some of our listeners' heads. Like, well, I have Onyx. Why do I need this? This is why because it's specific to trout fishing. Like Onyx yeah. is specific to what zone you're going to hunt in and what tag that you need, you know, for that zone kind of stuff. So, yeah. And, and, and the, the response of, because we're focused on fly fishing, isn't a good response. I think that if all you care about is the ownership of a parcel Onyx is great. If you're looking at exploring a trout stream and the public access related to that trout stream, I argue that trout routes is one of the best tools that I know of at least right now for the 23 states that we cover right now. Perfect. Um, follow, up, follow up to that with, um, you know, covering the different states and, you, you know, 23, we're maybe getting to the end of uh, where good trout fishing lives. Is there any discussions of warm water species? Smallmouth routes? Smallmouth routes. There's been like a few now comments about um, what do we want to call it? Bass routes or like warm routes or something. I've heard a few like tags or something. Yep. Um, no, no tangible conversations. We'll say, okay. I feel like, I feel like there's a few of us that are super excited about it and I'm actually becoming one of them, but it's a really, really small group of us. So TBD, we'll say. All right. I was going to say, if you want to get a bunch of guys, from the Midwest that get real nutty on stream flows, talk to bass fishermen because <laughs> that's that's what it gets gets crazy um, yeah. going across that but yeah well you know once you cross that you want to go into it you let us know and we'll we'll go bass fishing <laughs> we're not afraid but i feel like if we're going to jump into that topic like i just don't feel like that market really needs a trout route like i feel like they're so specialized like they go to the synchro or or uh call it the upper Mississippi or whatever. I don't know. The mm-hmm. rivers, but it's going to be a very dedicated river that they go to almost every time. And so I don't know that the exploration piece is as important, but you guys could correct me if I'm wrong. I, I And I always say this cause I, you know, got a drift boat for the last summer and something that I think has been missing, you know, specifically for the Midwest and probably even out West is I really like to have a GPS track of where I'm going. Cause I like to look at it on my GPS as I'm oh, going super nerdy. I had super nerdy. I can, I can attest to this, but I like to know like, Hey, I've got a mile and a half to the takeout. You know, I like to know that kind of stuff and be able to have that data and even to be able to like download the, whatever that Garmin GPS file, the GTX yeah. or whatever, yeah, be able to yeah. download that from a file, like a site to say, Oh, I'm doing this float today. Here's my, here's my file that I can plug in my GPS because it's Midwest and we have no service. Once you get into the, some of those places on the St. Croix or even up for Mississippi, I guess that's where my head goes. When I think of mapping technology for fishermen on rivers in the Midwest. Yeah. And I think that use case is actually pretty common also out West because they do a lot of floats obviously out there. Yep as far as like, you know, how many miles and how much time to the next float and to the next whatever. Um, but also like, doesn't Google maps do that for you? If you were in the middle of nowhere and you wanted to do offline maps, uh, well, you have to click 
click your line through your your drift, right? You have to like click and make that map oh, Grant, and then skip Grant, over. I'm, most people don't care, Grant. I do. Sorry. I mean, it's you're you're. I'm, the, them, I'm the single guy. You're having, like, you're I'm having fun. You're having fun drinking beer and floating down a river, throwing, not catching fish. Although that might be an important piece to note, like. If you're if you're fishing certain rivers, maybe out west, and that county that you're in happens to be a dry county, that might be something to flag when you're trying to plan a fishing trip. Like there's miles, kilometers, and beers. So like right. yep. beers left you have before the next like take out. Yep. Exactly. I, I like the I'll I'll go with the beer beerometer. The beerometer. You're gonna need beers before the next takeout. See? Yep. I, I'll go with that. I'll we had to start somewhere, Matt. It had to start super geeky with me, and then you guys cleaned it up and finished it on the other end. Oh, all right. Um, you're still part of TU in the Twin Cities, right? Yeah, I mean, I kind of just took a step back, actually, because okay. um, I have a four-month-old, as we talked about earlier, um, before we started the episode here, and... I mean, honestly, the, the startup is, has been really, really busy. So, uh, between the two, you know, it's, it's been really hard to kind of divide all my time. So, um, but still like involved as a, you know, vol- volunteer here and there, but mm-hmm. I was on the board for a year and a half up until about a month ago. And we still yeah, yeah. As a company, we still do a lot of things, uh, actually a lot of things to both to you locally as a chapter, but also to you national. So as a company, you'll see us try to do more and more on a national level or even like a regional level, but personally I'm uh, very busy. So yeah, you only have so much time. We understand. Uh, when you, when you were on the board, like working around the twin cities area, what, um, what are some of the projects and things that are going around the Minneapolis greater area that you're excited about that the TU chapters I mean, there was a fair amount of projects that I was doing that was mostly on the marketing side. So things like operating the website, things like managing social media. But I would say the things that I was most excited about, honestly, was things that I didn't actually do, which was most recently in the last like six months, they started doing a really cool outreach program, which is essentially going to different local parks and teaching people how to fly fish, uh, even for warm, you know, warm water, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, sunfish or bass. Um, a lot of times I feel like the best way to bring people into our sport is to give them a fly rod and just bring them to a lake and just teach them how to catch panfish. Yep. Uh, and I think that a lot of the volunteers within the board of, uh, TCTU to be specific, did a really good job this last summer doing some cool outreach programs that I was not a part of, but was, I, to answer your question, I was most excited about that. There's some really cool pictures that came out of that and a lot of like kids and families and some really cool stuff that came out of that. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, they always say, you know, panfish are the gateway drug to everything else in play. They really are. And we honestly live in like the Twin Cities is such a great area to go do that in because I feel like any of the lakes that you stumble or ponds that you stumble into, even around some of these like man-maids around these housing developments, there's like giant bluegill in there. And usually some Mm -hmm. carp strolling through too, if you want to get all dirty on the fish. But yeah. That's uh, that, I'm, it's are, good to hear that they're doing that. And you guys are pretty big into to carp aside, right? Uh, I, we've, we've done some with them. I've helped in the past before. Yeah, 
Not not too not a whole lot. Maybe someday yeah. we should uh, dress up in hot dog costumes and go do carpetside. I feel like it would just be fitting. Yeah, Sasquatch and the hot dog. <laughs> Probably make that happen. Yeah. It's always, always like June, that first week yeah. of June, I think. Yeah. Yeah, we usually do our, our West family trip that weekend. That's why it's never worked for me. About the question of um, the relationship of uh, like an app and like guides and flash apps. That's kind of a controversial one that's fun to talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that in or hopefully what's, what's the what's the controversy in um, guides and fly shops on your app? I don't see how there could be one. Uh, there, there definitely uh, has been or kind of can be in certain regions. Um, like I think in the Midwest where we started, there was general like kind of a curiosity, you know, kind of a view on what we were doing with like maps in general, I guess. Um, but I think where we saw the most like adversarialness was probably out West. So like in Colorado where I think the competition between like flash shops and guides is like super fierce, you know, the natural resources, uh, available are, are very limited and the issues of crowding is like really intense. And that's where we've kind of gotten the most pushback, but I think here in the Midwest, like we've gotten a lot of like really positive feedback. And I think like Bob Mitchell's is like my favorite flash shop of all time. And they have been like super supportive and like from the very beginning. And, um, but like most of the flash shops here are also like really helpful and supportive, but out West, they, my, my personal view is that I think they falsely see mapping solutions like trout routes as a potential competitor or threat to what they do and what they offer. So if mm. you're a guide or a fly shop, you offer not only gear and flies, you also offer intelligence on the local resources. You also offer a guide service on where to go. And all of a sudden here comes trout routes and they offer every freaking stream in the country for, you know, 40 bucks a year. It's, you know, potentially. A yeah. But, I mean, it's not like you're saying, Hey, go to this one bend. There's, you know, good fish line underneath this undercut bank. You're just like, Hey, here's a place to fish. But I think, I think especially in a place like Colorado, where at least when I've gone to Colorado, I've been so timid about where I can step foot to go fishing that the idea of hiring a guide seems like a much better idea. But now I've got this app where I can like, well, I can save myself 600 bucks. Now I can actually, you know, go find some accessible water to fish and not have to go through the shop that and i will say this and this is from the words of the brown trump bridgers podcast not trout routes colorado is just an angry angry state <laughs> no comment <laughs> yeah but also uh, i observed similar things but yeah i think i think it all depends on like what do anglers go to guides for and i feel like the guides are going to be best positioned when they position themselves as teachers, like their, their, mm -hmm. go their goal is to help you like learn the entomology and, you know, the, how to read the stream and how to position the fish and all that kind of stuff. And our goal is to bring you onto, you know, the, where is a good trout streams and where's public access and how to get to the water. Once you're there, if you don't know how to fish, hire a guide, like they're not mutually exclusive. And so, but I think like Matt, what you and I were just saying is that what, what we're, you know, seen right now is that you and I might agree, 
But where our company has a huge task is to educate guides and flash shops out West on like, mm-hmm. hey, we're not a threat because every angler that wants to use us is still going to need to use you whether they know it or not, because they still don't know how to catch a fish. They still don't know how to read the water or yeah. you know, what fly to use. And um, so that's kind of an educational piece, like a marketing thing that we have to work on um, and that we're working very hard on. Yeah. So. Listen, listen up, chaps. You guys can work together with trout routes. We can all get along. Yeah, I mean, just to, because I'm on a roll here, um, <laughs> we've put a ton of time into mapping every single fly shop in every single state. We're now at 400 fly shops that I've literally mapped out on my own. Wow. Put on the website, the phone number, the directions, and the address of every fly shop, and made a custom logo. So we are here to support flash shops and we have data support that we drive anglers to local flash shops using our app. So, yeah, I mean, so, so we're here to support them, but I think it's, it's often still seen as potentially a threat to a guide or or a flash shop. And, you know, we just kind of kind of have to kind of work through that. Yeah. Yeah. People don't like change. It's it's just that, I mean, it's in trout fishing and, and life in general. I, the older I get, the more I see that people just really don't like change. They don't like things that are different, you know, especially, you know, from like looking back, like this perspective, like here's this, I was thinking about this earlier when we were talking about demographics who might not be excited about the idea of an, an app showing you where to go trout fishing. These are the same individuals that I still have a stack of plat books or gazetteers, right? They have all those stacked up and they, maybe it's more of a process or a nostalgia thing where it's like opening weekends coming and I'm flipping my plat books and I'm going here. But you can also have it on your hand and make your life a lot easier and have some more accurate data. Um, you know, and as you move forward with more of this conservation work going into the app too, I think I would like to push a lot more people in using it to try and help educate as well and not be so stuck on this. Don't get me wrong. Reading, reading a black book and using get tears is great, but why don't we use a better tool? And, and we're not, you know, picking on like certain demographics, but I mean like that demographic in my dad is like always like, screenshotting trout route things saying, Hey, do you see this? Check this out. And, and I mean, I know older people that use, you know, their cell phone a lot more than I do, you know, for a lot more things. And, you know, I think, I think it's just getting them excited and showing them that, Hey, you know, you don't have to have six books that are, you know, how big is, how big are those gazetteers? They got to be like 12 by 24 or some shit like that. I mean, how many of those you want to log in? 30 pages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back in the day we did because that's all we had. Right. You know, and you know, you'd have your, your book of fly fishing, the Midwest or fly fishing, Southeast Minnesota in your truck with you. And, um, you'd have all your highlighted notes and everything. And, you know, it's, we've moved on from that. We've got an app for that. Yeah. And just like we don't use lead in streams anymore we can move on from some of these older, heavier yeah. things that we don't have to litter. You know, you're not going to drop your phone out the window, not go get it and pick it up. You might drop a gazetteer out the window and not go get it up. So 
Think about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, man. Save a tree, man. Save a tree, wipe your butt with an owl. Um, yeah. That was always one of my favorite t-shirts as I was a kid growing up. So, Zach, have you been able to fish yet? Or are you still just too busy in the weeds working hard to get this awesome product out to people? Probably once a month, which okay. is not bad. No, that's not bad. Especially with a, a newborn and eight dogs and 40 roommates. And, you know, that's pretty good. Yeah. We actually went to, uh, I mentioned earlier, we went to North Carolina and Georgia, like maybe a month ago. And yeah. uh, that was my first time there, like to actually do some legit scouting for Charles streams. And it's, it is incredibly underrated. I loved it. It was really cool. Yeah. How's Georgia? Uh, Northern Georgia or Georgia? Yeah, well, just like where you were scouting in Georgia, like for, for trout, like what? I, I can't Georgia. even imagine being down there and going trout fishing. You'd be surprised. I mean, we were there in um, September. And so like Northern Georgia from their peak seasons, like September, really October slash November to like March. <laughs> so it's almost like opposite of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Midwest because they're warmer climate. But I mean, it was, it was, I was not expecting much, but it was really awesome. It was really cool. They have a lot of mountainous areas. Um, and if you can go there like after October or after September, it's, it looks amazing. And they have a fair amount of tailwater type environments, which are pretty cool. Um, really just two main ones that are, that produce some pretty cool like watersheds. Um, but even some wild mountain stream type things also, even in Northern Georgia's, they do have that. But I would say like what I got most excited about was just north of the border to northern uh, to North Carolina. Really some cool stuff there. A lot of diversity, a lot of like stuff that I used to think like the the driftless was like the most dense in terms of trout streams. And I, that might be the case, but North Carolina was incredible. They have trout streams everywhere, tailwaters, you know, all kinds of stuff. Really cool. Wow. Yeah, I mean, us Midwest boys, we don't know all these things. It's good for people to go out. The cool thing is that when our season ends, you know, October 15th or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, we can just go to the Southeast. And it's like, you you fly to Atlanta and it's like 150 bucks and you're an hour from some great, great trout streams. So if you want to offset your your off season in the Midwest, which I wanted to do, um, you can do that. It's pretty cool. Trail yeah, routes will get you there. Trail routes will get will. you there. Yes. Look, looking at, at the app, um, and I had heard this one time from I don't know, somebody, and I couldn't, I can't remember who it was, but in in your app, you know, help help me visualize exactly where this is. Nebraska, believe it or not, has uh, some trout fishing, and and it's pretty good trout fishing from what I've been told. It's like I so far I think Nebraska is the most underrated the most underrated trout fishery state that I've come across and I'm at 23 now. Yeah. Um, I studied them for a while. I think I mapped out. It was either 51 or 57 trout streams, and I mean it, it's really seriously incredible. Like there there's a small micro scene there in Nebraska, and uh, it's it's really prominent it's really great um i went there i drove there uh through nebraska on the way to the uh denver international like sportsman's expo for something mm-hmm. 
or for trial routes. And, uh, it was not the right season, but if you can go there in the spring or in the fall, it's like incredible. And, uh, there's a couple of our customers that are like really active in that area and, uh, they just love it. Yeah. So when you're looking for the, the oddball place to go in Nebraska, sorry, anybody from Nebraska, I'm not calling you oddball, but typically no. we don't, we don't associate Nebraska with trout fishing. No, I had a guy that I deer hunted with that lived there for a few years. And he was like, yeah, there's like one trout stream in, in Nebraska. I'm assuming there's more. <laughs> you would think there's only one unless you do a little bit of research. Like if you do a little bit of research, it's incredible. Yeah. And it's awesome. cool because if you drive, you know, typically most people drive to, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, and you might drive through Nebraska and you might have an opportunity to hit some of these streams, but it's really hard to find information on these, you know, unless you find something like trial routes. Um, they do have a state-based PDF map and it's like, 20 years old and, and, and it's okay, but it's not great. So I know last year you had, um, some enticing deals for the holiday shopper. Um, are you guys going to be doing any, uh, Christmas deals for the trout routes? Yeah. What's here? What's trout routes set a guy back for those who don't have it yet? are waiting to sign up we have always done a very standard basic uh 39 90, 40 bucks a year essentially is what it is um and with that comes every state that we do every update that we do every whatever you know so we've kept it very very simple and then um we might have a we will have a sales event this uh winter it's probably 20 percent off or something like that for christmas or black friday or whatever don't wait till then. Buy it now. No, buy it now. I mean, yeah, it's only, you know, whatever, $40 or whatever it's going to be. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, uh, and is there, there's a free, is there, am I wrong? Is there a free part like where you have limited access or is it, because you used to be free, right? Yeah. We started off like when I, when I first started the project, our goal was to find out if people liked it. Right. So mm -hmm. it was a free product to say, Hey, does anyone even find this useful? And then we kind of migrated as a startup to say, okay, um, you know, are you willing to pay for it? You know, that seemed clear last year and now it's, you know, now we're a full company and we charge an, an annual subscription to it. Um, we still do offer a free version, but it's, it's very limited and it's mm -hmm. not much better than a free, you know, free option on, in your local state, but it's still, it's still useful. You can still write notes. You can still, you know, favorite streams. It's still a good tool. It'll it'll entice you enough to where you want to give them forty bucks for the the real deal. Our goal is that you know if you are you know like looking at it as an investment, it's a no brainer. Like you buy four hundred dollar waders, you buy three hundred dollar boots, you buy whatever, and like as a tool, it's uh, I personally I'm biased, but I personally would. It's a great <laughs> investment. Yeah, I mean I like you said, it's a no brainer. I mean, if you trout fish and, you know, enjoy fishing things other than the rush or the kinney, um, I highly encourage people to check this. Or, <clears throat> or if you've been fishing the rush of the kinney and you're like, man, there are too many people here at all my favorite spots. This is the tool that can direct you to your next favorite spot. 
or help mm-hmm. you or help you uh, get out to new water. Cause if you're listening to this, it's probably December and you probably actually know somebody who you're like, man, I forgot to give them a Christmas gift this year. Give the gift of trout routes. Yes. That's what you should be doing. Such an easy purchase. You don't, you don't have to leave your couch. You don't have to leave, you know, wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast right now, you can go to the trout routes website and buy some subscriptions. Just make it rain. Hand those things out. Price point. We'll ship you a gift card. It's a great gift. You can and you're supporting a local company. Yeah, you can call. You can literally call the founder in Minneapolis any time of the day. And yeah, if he's changing baby diapers, he will stop, and that kid will sit with poopy pants to answer your question. I literally will answer the phone still. <laughs> if, his, my if, his, if his wife diaper. is listening, he'll change yeah. the diaper for it. Yeah. Your gift card might have something other than white. like <laughs> Perfect. Just, just helps it fit in a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, awesome. I, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I want to thank you for sitting down with us tonight. Um, is there anything that you wanted to talk we about that we didn't cover? Any questions for us? Um, no, I think thanks so much for having me again for a second time in a year and a half. Um, really excited to see where we're at in a year. Yeah. I, like- I like these annual updates from you guys. It seems yeah. like you have the most new things of anybody we talk to. Well, it's kind of crazy. Awesome. We talked a year and a half and that's been during COVID and yeah, obviously our whole industry has changed and closed the world in the last year and a half. So yeah. Um, Awesome. Yeah, we'll see how we're how we're doing next year. It's, well, yeah, and hopefully before next year, maybe the three of us could actually get together and go fishing. I think we probably talked about that. I still want a year my and a half ago I too. Still want like a full burger. Yeah, I oh, still yeah. want. It'll be yeah. full of full stream side, and I think we we've got a pretty good cocktail making solution. I think for stream sides as well. So awesome. I'll get that nailed. And, and I got this. I got this cool app that will tell us, you know, some oh. places we can go fishing at. Cool. Can't wait to use that. That'll be perfect. Are you guys going to go to the, uh, to the spring uh, fishing festival or the, the, uh, Oh, the great waters expo. Yes. Great waters. Oh yeah. Are they doing it this year? Well, that's kind of what I was asking. Is it, yeah. Are they going to do it? The last person we talked to, um, said they were pretty confident that it was still going on. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. They're still asking for money for booths. We'll see what happens. Are you going to go? Are you going to have a booth if it actually goes on? Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. But I haven't well, heard anything. So we'll see. I, I hope so. I mean, if it, if anything, if it goes on, we'll be there. Yeah. We'll just wander around with hams and maybe a mic and just talk to people. Stickers. Drop one off of the booth. <laughs> sounds, yeah. sounds good. We can do that. Foozies for all. You get a koozie. Like, <laughs> uh, I'll include that in the, uh, the gift package. The gift pack. You'll get a couple of koozies and some O-Pros yes. stickers <laughs> and some jaw spreaders. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks, Zach. Thanks again. A million. Thanks, appreciate it. Um, we, appreciate, we appreciate what you do. I mean, your product's yeah. awesome. Use and it all the time. Keep on keeping on. Keep yeah, thank you for all the feedback. I would say uh, the one thing I would say is just keep the feedback coming. We're 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 here to make the most of the you know the industry and the product and um, help us make the most of it and keep the feedback coming. 
Awesome. Yeah. I can, I can say as a, as a customer or a consumer of your, of products that, you know, hearing companies say, you know, we want your feedback is a big thing because a lot of times you give a little constructive criticism or you throw an idea out at them. And, and I'm sure you guys hear ideas all the time, but you know, when you can, when you just start talking to somebody and they are, are there are already rolling their eyes, you know, it's like, you want, you know, we're the people that use it, but no, it's, it's good to hear that, you know, you like to hear suggestions. Yeah. Just last week, we got an email from one of our new customers in, I think it was West Virginia and they have a, might've been North Carolina. They have a delayed harvest section there. That's just opening up in November 1st. And they knew about us. They're waiting for us to add their state. And they're super excited about the fact that we did add their state. But the fact that we did not have their regulations uh, of the delayed harvest kind of was like, oh gosh, you know, I love what you're doing, but please add delayed harvest. And I just love that interaction with customers because it allows us to connect with them and tell them, hey, we know when we're coming. Like we're going to have that feature yep. soon and uh, we'll have those regulations soon. And so it's, it's honestly the funnest part of the job. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. And uh, yeah. as for all the Brown Town Bridge Beer stuff, uh, like, subscribe, comment, share with your friends, and get you, some uh, routes. get you some trail routes. We'll have all the links and uh, important details in the show notes. And uh, from there, we'll talk to you until the next time. One last thing if you want to request a free trout route sticker, you can do so on our website. Ooh. Oh, nice. Everybody loves a good sticker. It's the currency of the fly fishing world. Yep, exactly. All right. Thanks, Zach. Appreciate it. Thank you.